The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your faith. are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers who are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed too. The Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys could join us here on Tuesday morning, and if you'd like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com and also sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio, uh, you can join us in on the video portion of the radio show. I am going to be playing a, a brief interview, and um, so you can see those things, you can see any of the stuff that I'm going to be showing, and um, still participate in the radio show. Just head over there, right side of the page, scroll down, and we are going live, second video down. The video above is not Bradley's show yesterday. Uh, He took the day off, and um, he gave a video on the sacrifice, okay, in both the natural and in the spiritual, the Lord Jesus giving himself and, uh, and that 
for those who gave themselves that we might have freedom. Uh, you can play that right now, and then he'll be live 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, I think. <laughs> I haven't got word yet, but he should be on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, 3 p.m. Eastern today. You can check that out. Uh, later on today. Also, right above that is where you can subscribe for our email newsletter. Again, we don't rent your email, sell it, or spam it. You get one email from us a day, including the morning show archive, and uh, that comes to you in the evening. So be sure to shine, sign up uh, on sonsoflibertymedia.com. And finally, if you agree with our message, again, we don't ask you for money. We let you know we have needs. It costs money to do all the things that we do. And uh, there's a one-time donate button on the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. Click that. Make a donation, or you can you can uh, partner with us as a son or daughter of liberty, and um, that is also at the top of sonslibertymedia.com, as well as a store button there. You can pick up products there that are great conversation starters, as well as equipping tools that we have in there also. And uh, I, I tell you, I took a lot of time yesterday to think about where we are, and this is before I get into the, the subject matter we're going to talk about this morning. I took some time yesterday to just think about where we are and the levels of deception that we have seen over the past at least four years, probably more than that, but at least four years. And I'm not so much, well, let me change that. I am bothered by what I see coming in the next generation as what many, not all, but many, are buying into. And the reason it concerns me is because if they just knew their, if people just, if the young people knew their history, if the older people knew their history, they would be wise as to what's going on in America right now. I sat with my uh, my sons and uh, one of their friends last night around a campfire that we had out here, and we talked about how things were just from when I was a kid, to things that they didn't know about. Even technological advances. They didn't know what an 8-track tape was. Many people today don't know what an 8-track tape was. And I said, this stuff transpired in just a few short years. We went from the 8-track to the cassette to the CD to now you can just, you know, it's in the cloud somewhere and you can listen to any song you want to or whatever, okay? And that was one of the things that I was talking about. I was talking about how, um, you know, society had changed. You know, when I was a kid living down south, you had blue laws in place. It was understood that on the Lord's Day, you know, nothing was open except the hospital and one or two other things, and except for like policemen, firemen, that kind of stuff. Nobody else was open. Okay? Nobody was open. And just changes that had taken place just within, I don't know, 30 years. Uh, the, the amount of change that we've seen, and not necessarily for the better. And I reflected on the fact that God has blessed America probably more than any country that's ever existed. I thought about the creature, com- creature comforts that we have. All those things that that he has blessed us with. And in the process, what have we done? We've forgotten God. You remember when we talk about, on Wednesday especially, we talk about the jurisdiction of the home and teaching the family, and that comes from Deuteronomy chapter 6. And if you you go on past uh, from verses 10 and following, one of the things you see is God tells 
teach your kids these things so that you won't forget me. Okay? Um, and we got a spammer in the chat. So let's see if we can knock that out. Uh, but part of the issue is, is that we've forgotten God. That's the, that's the thing. Now, there are some things coming up, and I'm debating on whether I'm going to talk about them. There's been, um, I'm just going to give you a preview. There's been this talk and this and propaganda for years through science fiction and all this other, and now we're getting the documents, so to speak, this disclosure of quote-unquote UFOs, and everybody's into that. And I did my research into UFOs a long time ago, and I come to the conclusion the message they bring is demonic. It's not according to the gospel. I don't believe there's life on other planets and stuff. Do I believe there's extraterrestrials? Yes. Jesus was extraterrestrial in the fact that he's not from the earth. So is God the Father. So is God the Holy Spirit. All the angels, all the demons, they are quote-unquote extraterrestrial. And I think the, the planet is being set up for a delusion unlike we've seen before. And so I, I, I want to address that because I think the Bible has something to say about it. So um, that's some of my thoughts as, as I'm going along um, because that's been sort of in the news and out of the news uh, the past couple of weeks. But I thought, how does that? How would any of that play into what we're seeing here? You know, I brought you the story about how the VAERS report from the CDC. You know, we're we're well over four thousand people who are recorded as dead following the COVID injections. Okay, and we know that that's only one percent. So we could be looking at almost a half a million people who have died following the COVID injections, the experimental gene shots, the genocide jab, as I'm now calling it, within just a few months. And remember, with the swine flu vaccine, they had 53 people die, cut the whole thing off. Okay? We're way beyond that. And children are involved in this one now, too. Because children are always the target here. And with that said... I'm sitting here going, how do people not see the similarities, what's going on now versus what was going on in Nazi Germany? And you go, here you go with the Nazi Germany thing. Seriously, just follow me for a second. I'm outside last night. It's Memorial Day. And and I said, well, I'm going to try to do something nice for the family. I'm going to go get some steaks and we'll cook them out on the on the grill and make a salad and, you know, and enjoy a meal together and all. And I'm sitting out there cooking and I'm I'm just I'm I'm just thinking were people in Nazi Germany so silent, so complicit, so uninvolved that they just let what happened happen? And is that where we're at today in America? Some, we see what's going on, but many people don't want to be confrontative. They, they don't want to you know, ruffle anybody's feathers, so they keep their mouth shut. They, keep, they, they, they may think right, but they keep their mouth shut about it to keep the peace. And they don't warn people about what they're doing with these shots. They're not warning people about going to the hospital 
should they come up with certain symptoms? And I begin to wonder down this this trail of all of these things of our of history and going, why didn't people do anything? Why didn't they shout out? Why didn't they I don't I don't even know if they would have had billboards back then. Why didn't they get billboards and put them up? Why weren't they on their you know megaphones telling people what the Third Reich was doing? And I've come to the conclusion that people are either cowards and they're fearful, which the Bible says the fearful and unbelieving will find themselves in the lake of fire. Revelation 21. They're either that or they're just ignorant of what's going on. They don't know. And the Bible speaks to that too, that people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. They they go in with blind trust. And I've seen it as a test. I'm seeing it as a real test. Because all throughout Scripture, when you look to Scripture, who is the healer? Is it not God himself? Does he not say, I am the Lord your God that healeth thee? Is it Jehovah Rapha? I'm the God who heals There's no mention of medicines in the way we think of things. In fact, when you see something miraculous happen, you usually can't explain it. Remember the soldier, he comes, he's got leprosy, and he's told to go down and dip himself in the Jordan seven times? Wasn't it because there was something magic in the Jordan? It was dirty water. It was just muddy, dirty water. But he was to dip himself in, and the Bible says that he was made whole. And all through, whether it was the prophets of the Old Testament, or whether it was Jesus and the apostles in the New Testament, there was this instantaneous making well of people who were sick. Those who were oppressed of the devil, the Bible says. Jesus went about healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. And all of this got me wondering yesterday... Have we just seen our sicknesses as something that's just the natural and we're trying to fight them off apart from God? And I think that's what we've I think that's what we've done. Because usually, not always, not always, but usually, especially when you saw something come in and wipe out large numbers of people, it was the work of God. It was a judgment of God upon the people for their rebellion. That's what you see. And now today, everybody's fearful. Not everybody. You guys who are listening, most of you are not, but people are fearful for themselves, for their children, for parents or brothers and sisters or whoever it is, that they might get the convicts. And they forget the high rate who overcome that. They forget that. They get all scared because they've heard scary stories about whatever. And so, when we come to this issue today, I'm going to play um, an interview here with Peter McCullough. You guys have heard uh, of Peter. I think I played something from him earlier 
several weeks ago. I know I've done um, an, at least one article with him, maybe two. And <clears throat> having him talk about what's actually going on. So I'm going to bring that to you in just a moment. But I, I think of that all to say this. We have become so materialistic, and there is a um, there is a, a what do you call it a meme, and I forgot to I forgot to pull this up actually, but there is a meme that that was put out, and I went and checked it because you can uh, pull up I think it's the Google Books and you can see this, uh, you can check out the guy's statement in the context, and there's there's a good bit of context here, but I posted this the other day. Um. On, on Facebook here. And I'm not doing a whole lot of posting. I'm going to maybe post a meme or something like that. But the, the show goes through. Some of you guys, it's great to see you back on my personal page as well, uh, doing some of those things. But this is from Rudolf Steiner. He lived from 1861 to 1925. I want you to hear what he says, okay? Listen to what he said. More than 100 years ago, Rudolf Steiner wrote the following. Quote, In the future, we will eliminate the soul with medicine. Under the pretext of a healthy point of view, there will be a vaccine. It's interesting, isn't it? There will be a vaccine by which the human body will be treated as soon as possible directly at birth so that the human being cannot develop the thought of the existence of soul and spirit. To materialistic doctors will be entrusted the task of removing the soul of humanity. As today, people are vaccinated against this disease or that disease, so in the future, children will be vaccinated with a substance that can be, can, that can be produced precisely in such a way that people, thanks to the vaccination, will be immune to being subjected to the madness of spiritual life. He would be extremely smart, but he would not develop a conscience. Now, that's a scary thing, folks. That's a very scary thing. Smart people who have no conscience. Right? And that is the true goal of some materialistic circles. He continues, with such a vaccine, you can easily make the etheric body loose in the physical body. And once the etheric body is detached, the relationship between the universe and the etheric body would become extremely unstable and man would become an automaton. For the physical body of man must be polished on this earth by spiritual will. So the vaccine becomes a kind of, and I don't even Aramanic force, I think that's how you pronounce the word. Man can no longer get rid of a given materialistic feeling. He becomes materialistic of constitution and can no longer rise to the spiritual. That's Rudolf Steiner writing over 100 years ago. Now, Is it possible to do these things? The Bible tells us that a person can sear their conscience by continuing to sin against the truth when they know it. There's no question that that can take place. Is this possible they can do these things? Well, Kate has mentioned to us our, our pineal gland uh, as part of our bodies. Um, 
I am one that thinks that God came to redeem the body as well as the soul. In fact, Jesus warned, uh, fear not him, or excuse me, fear, fear not him who can kill the body, but who can destroy the body and the soul in hell. All right. We know that God came to save our, or Jesus came to save our souls, but there's also a day of redemption in which there will be a resurrection and our bodies will be made new. And so we'll have new bodies to go along with our resurrected spirits, if you will. Ephesians 2. That day's coming. There's no question about that. And yet, what are we looking to do here? What's really behind all of this stuff that's going on? It isn't just about depopulation. It isn't just about that. There's a lot more going on here. Now, with that said, we've got some wicked people. And I, I just I want to throw this out here. This is just my thought, okay? I we've we've posted some stories and things on the Wuhan lab. We know there's money that's went there. We know some of the stuff they did. People assume, quote-unquote, coronavirus came, you know, the thing came to us from China. And yet nothing's been done to China. No country in the world, including ours, has done anything to deal with China. Yet they keep pointing the finger at China. Now why is that? Why is the mainstream media now beginning to talk about China being the one releasing this accident or purposeful, whatever? You know you can't trust the mainstream media, right? The, the mockingbird corporate-owned media? I just begin to wonder that. And again, as Bradley has said, it's all come out to do one thing, push you to the vaccine. They shot. So we've got... Dr. Peter McCullough. And while many are calling this coronavirus COVID stuff a bioweapon, the real bioweapon is coming from the shot. Now, Peter McCullough, if you don't know him, he's an internist, a cardiologist, an epidemiologist, professor of medicine at Texas A&M College of Medicine in Dallas, Texas, and I guess he's got more letters here than you can put on a business card. <laughs> um, he, he's just uh, he's a pretty smart individual. And genuinely, to me, seems like he loves people. That he wants to do what's best for his patients. That he's not there just to, you know, this is a job for him, but this is, this is his life. This is, he cares for these people. So he's interviewed, and I think the interview is about an hour and a half or so. But this is about 16 minutes, okay? This has been whittled down to about 16 minutes. And I want you to hear something, and then I'm going to bring up what's going on in Big Pharma as a result of these bioweapons being thrust upon the public. So here is this short edited version of this interview with Peter McCullough, and I want you to hear what he says about these shots. Peter McCullough. I'm Dr. Peter McCullough, and I'm an internist and cardiologist and academic physician, professor of medicine at Texas A&M College of Medicine on the Baylor-Dallas campus. I think this whole pandemic from the beginning was about the vaccine. Mm. So I think all roads lead to the vaccine. 
and what it means. There are already places in Southeast Asia and Europe, they're laying the groundwork for a compulsory vaccination. I mean compulsory. That means somebody pins you down to the ground and puts a needle in you. That's how bad stakeholders want vaccination. Listen, that's not of cost. You don't have to pay for it. It's all provided. There are people or stakeholders, they do want a needle in every arm. This needle in every arm is a very important um, uh, moniker. Why? Why do you want a needle in an arm? Let's take COVID recovered. Can't get the virus. Can't receive it. It has nothing to – why would they ever want a needle in the arm of a COVID recovered patient? Why? Three studies show higher safety events. See, the tension that Americans are feeling right now as they're trying to keep their jobs and go to work is they know they can die of the vaccine. That's the problem. If the vaccine was like water – and you just got it, no side effects, who wouldn't take it? Say, hey, I'll, I'll comply. They got my social security number anyway in a database. I'm already marked. I'll just get marked. But no, there's something very unique about this vaccine. It's something about injecting something into, into a body that is so important to, to stakeholders that it doesn't matter. Kids 12 years old told they can make their own decision on this and it could be their fatal decision. Think about that. North Carolina just passed that. Oh, kids 12 years old can, make, can decide on their own. There are four, over 4,000 dead Americans. There's over 10,000 dead people in Europe that die on days one, two, and three after the vaccine. Why are we pushing this in a way where people's jobs and their education and their livelihood decide on a decision that's potentially fatal? The tension, you can cut it with a knife. There are parents that say, listen, I want my kid to go to college this year, but I don't want to lose them to the vaccine. They know what's going on. The internet is full of these cases, blood clots, strokes, immediate death. Now, I'm fortunate. I have not directly lost a patient to the vaccine. I told you most got vaccinated in January, December, January, February. Based on the safety data now, I can no longer recommend it. I I can't recommend it. It's past all the thresholds to being a safe product. It's not a safe product. None of them are. It's not just Johnson & Johnson. In fact, more of the safety events in the United States have occurred with Moderna and Pfizer. There are now papers written by prominent scientists calling for a worldwide halt in the program. There are prominent virologists, many of them, including Nobel Prize winners, who have said, listen, if we vaccinate people and we create a very narrow, incomplete library of immunity, which is what the vaccine is, the vaccines are all targeted to the original Wuhan spike protein, which is long gone. That's extinct. Patients are getting vaccinated to something that doesn't even exist anymore. That Wuhan spike protein is gone. We're hoping the immunity covers the other variants. But that narrow immunity is a setup. It's just like giving everybody a narrow spectrum antibiotic. If you did that, what would happen? We'd grow up superbugs. There are warnings out there saying don't do this. Don't vaccinate the entire world. All we're going to do is set ourselves up for a superbug that's going to really wipe out populations. So for many reasons, the vaccine, indiscriminate vaccination, is a horrendous idea. It's a horrendous bioweapon that's been thrust onto the public and it's going to cause great personal harm, which it already has. Thousands of people have lost their lives. I've never lost a direct patient, but I've had my patients lose their family members, lots of them. I filled out a safety report on a patient who developed blood clots after one of the Pfizer Moderna vaccine. And I'm telling you, it took half an hour to do it. There was many pages and each page said, warning, federal uh, um, uh, 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 offense, uh, punishable by um, uh, severe fines and penalties if I falsified a report. All those thousands of Americans that have died with the vaccine and hospitalizations in the database, I think are real. And they are far beyond anything we've ever seen 
and as a doctor and as a public citizen, I am extraordinarily concerned about the vaccine. The vaccine center right down the street here is empty. I drive past it every day. Americans know they're talking to each other. The vaccine's not safe. And now the effort is the vaccine stakeholders want kids without parental guidance, and now they want to be in the church. Americans and people worldwide should be extraordinarily alarmed. Why has there been such a relentless focus on mass vaccination as the only way back to normal? I think it's about what the vaccine means. And Whitney Webb gets credit for this. Back in April, she said, aha, I figured this out. This is what sta- this is what globalists have been waiting for. They've been waiting for a way of marking people that you get in a vaccine, you're marked in a database, and this can be used for um, trade, for commerce, for behavior modification, all different purposes. And you've seen it right here in Dallas. They've announced, uh, you know, you can't go to a Dallas Mavericks game unless you're vaccinated. You've had people say, listen, you have uh, passports. You had colleges today announce that they're not going to give any credit to natural immunity. Every scientist in the world knows that the natural immunity is way better than the vaccine immunity. If it's about COVID, why don't we have COVID recovered go to the Mavericks games? Why don't we have COVID recovered people freely go to college? Well, why, do we, why do we have to have faulty uh, vaccine immunity be the priority and have natural immunity not count. See, these types of things make me think that Whitney Webb is correct. This is actually about marking. The vaccine is a way of marking people. It's a way of starting to assert uh, efforts to create compliance, behavior control. Don't forget the vaccine is just a starter. Now there's going to be updates. There's going to be boosters. They're already prepping people for this. There's going to be more. The vaccine manufacturers are all linked. They're all uniquely indemnified. What medical product is there indemnification where something happens to you, you don't have any recourse? You know, a woman gets vaccinated, a pregnant woman. She has no maternal fetal rights. Something happens to her or her baby. She's out of luck. This is extraordinary what Americans are doing. It's absolutely extraordinary what's being uh, thrust upon us now. How is the development and deployment of COVID vaccines a departure from previous vaccine Well, U.S. FDA did? regulatory guidance and vaccines, and there have been modern vaccines. You don't have to pick the old ones. I mean, we've had modern vaccines, shingles vaccines, hepatitis B, meningococcal vaccines, demand a minimum of two years of safety data, two years, by regulatory. In fact, these are kind of written and codified into the regulatory um, uh, uh, rules for the manufacturers. That was all thrown out and said two months. For COVID, two months. So two months of observational data. Uh, This idea that we could vaccinate people that were not even tested in the trials, that has never been done before. We have never just thrown a vaccine at somebody uh, without having any data, none. So the very first pregnant woman that was vaccinated here in the United States It was done with no knowledge of safety and no knowledge of efficacy. And the argument that we've heard, the argument that we've heard is, well, COVID-19 is a bad illness. 600,000 people have died. The vaccine could help them. We should give it a a shot. Come on. We should just give it a shot. Well, that 600,000 died. I've already told you 85% of that was preventable with early treatment, which was actively suppressed and squashed. And not only that, is if this vaccine can help them, the vaccine better be safe. It better be safe. And my comments on the vaccine are safety, safety, safety. Let's see it. Let's see it. And Americans ought – just like the Americans should have been getting weekly updates 
on treatment innovations Americans should have been getting weekly updates on vaccine safety. Very important. Weekly updates from our federal officials on safety. Super important. Those two things are probably the two largest acts of malfeasance in all of medical regulatory history. It will go down in history of malfeasance, wrongdoing by those of authority. How come there was no updates on treatment and no promotion of early treatment to reduce hospitalization and death? And now when we release the vaccine, why are there no safety updates? Why are there no attempts for risk mitigation in terms of making the vaccine program safer? Uh, How do we have all these vaccines? How do we know that we can vaccinate pregnant women? We know because of years and years and years of safety data. Before a vaccine has ever been injected into a pregnant woman, it's probably been tested for decades before we try it in a pregnant woman. We would never out of the box take a brand new technology that's never been tested before, ever. And we know that the vaccine technology produces the dangerous spike protein. It produces the Wuhan spike protein, the spicule on the ball of the virus itself, which damages blood vessels and causes blood clotting, and all of them do. We would never unleash that into a pregnant woman's body. Americans have to understand something is very wrong what's going on. What's going on now in the world, these are examples, are clear-cut examples of wrongdoing that is at such a high level. The group think is in the wrong direction in such a consistent and overwhelming way that people are being harmed in, in, in an extraordinary fashion. Can you offer any investigative leads to researchers trying to, to discover make why the early problem all worse than what it is? And stuff with COVID. <laughs> Many methods down. to make the case count look higher than what it is, make the mortality numbers look worse than what they are. Many methods to create the reaction out of proportion to the reality, so lockdowns, fears, economic suffering, what have you. All of these things making the pandemic way worse than what it is, okay, to, to have that occur. More fear, suffering, hospitalization, death, loneliness, lockdown in order to promote mass vaccination. These two are tightly linked. Now, mass vaccination at all costs, the world must be mass vaccinated. And, and, and human beings on earth ought to understand at this point in time – What we're seeing is unprecedented. It became known the virus was going to be amenable to a vaccine uh, somewhere around April, May. At that point in time, therapy was suppressed. Everything, nothing could be published. Everything, the fake Lancet paper, squash treatment and then prepare the population for vaccination. Once the vaccines come out, they're they're Um, short-tracked. There's all kinds of enthusiasm uh, regarding it, you you know, uh, Um, uh, needles in all the arms, trucks rolling, Americans cheering, and then the mass vaccination program uh, starts off. And then before we know it, we're vaccinating pregnant women. Why are we doing that? That can't be safe. Now we're going to vaccinate COVID recovery patients. Wait a minute. They they have complete and robust permanent immunity. No one's ever challenged the immunity of a COVID recovery patient. Why are we vaccinating them? And then it keeps going and going. At first, we vaccinated 
uh, high-risk people. I didn't really understand vaccinating young healthcare workers because they weren't at risk. There were never any hospital outbreaks in the United States. The only thing that was clear, nursing home workers gave it to nursing home patients. We knew that. So nursing home workers should have been vaccinated and then maybe high-risk people and we should call it a day. I always estimated maybe 20 million people need to be vaccinated. But that didn't seem to satisfy the vaccine stakeholders, which are Pfizer, Moderna, J&J, AstraZeneca, and any others that come forward, the CDC, the FDA, and the NIH, and the White House. Massive vaccine stakeholders. You could throw in Gates Foundation, World Health Organization. You could throw those in as well. Massive stakeholders, and they wanted everybody to be vaccinated without exception. No one will escape the needle. We've actually never had this before. And the vaccine process is extraordinary. There's a consent form. It says this is investigational. We don't know if it's going to work. There's only two months of data. The, the side effects could be a sore arm all the way to death. And we don't know. Sign here. We need your identifying information. We need a barcode on the vial. We need you identified. And now you're in a database. You're vaccinated. And so this mass vaccination is extraordinarily concerning. We never vaccinate into the middle of a pandemic. Never. We've never had an effective vaccine for respiratory virus, including influenza. It's only modestly effective. We knew from the published data that the attack rates in placebo and the vaccine arms were less than 1%. So we know that the vaccine can have a less than 1% effect in the population. Why would it be any different than the clinical trials? Um, uh, we knew from the from the clinical trials that it didn't stop COVID-19 so people can get COVID-19 anyway. What would be this incredible drive to vaccinate everybody? And now, oh my lord, now um, the vaccine within a few months has been completely weaponized. Now travel is related to the vaccine. People can't go to school without the vaccine. People are losing their jobs without the vaccine. Believe me, there is something very, very potent in this vaccine. It should be disturbing to everybody. The word vaccine ought to be the most disturbing word that they have seen. Now we have 12-year-old children who are told they can decide on their own whether or not they could take a vaccine. So, you know, about 70% of my patients are vaccinated. I'm very pro-vaccine. I've taken all the vaccines myself, about 70%, and they were all vaccinated in December, January, and February. But as we sit here today in May, we have over 4,000 vaccine-related deaths and over 10,000 hospitalizations. The limit to shut down a program is about 25 to 50 deaths. Swine flu, 1976, 25 deaths, they shut down the program. It's not safe. The whole, all the vaccines in the United States per year, what ambulantly gets reported in the database is about 200. And we're talking about vaccinating probably, probably you know, 500 million injections. Here, in the United States, at 100 million people vaccinated, this is far and away the most lethal, toxic, biologic agent ever injected into a human body in American history. And it's going strong with no mention of safety by our officials, with wild enthusiasm by our hospitals and hospital administrators, with doctors supporting it. Doctors are saying now they won't see patients in their waiting room without the vaccine. This problem, COVID-19 was actually from the very beginning. That's what Whitney Webb said. She goes, COVID-19 is actually about the vaccine. It's not about the virus. It's about the vaccine. Has any agency or individual tried to silence you through threats or other forms of intimidation? My personal situation, professional situation, is a position of strength. And those who have attempted in any way uh, to pressure, coerce, 
or threaten me with reprisal have paid an extraordinary price. And I think that's an important message to get out there. There is a position of strength based on principles of compassionate care and of the Hippocratic Oath and of the fiduciary relationship that a doctor has to a patient and a prominent doctor has to a population that supersedes all of those other ill intents. And what I say is bring them on. Okay. All right. That's Dr. Peter McCullough. And, uh, you know, look, guys, I I see some of the chat that's going on. Um, I know he's pro-vax. That's what makes him saying what he says even more important. See, this is the thing. He's pro-vaccine. He should know better. He really should. He talked about safety and the safety reports and blah, 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 blah. And he's got to know that they're doing their own internal tests when they do these things anyway. The, the big pharma companies are, are doing that themselves. They're checking themselves in the first place. But if you've got a pro-vaccine guy telling you that what's coming out right now is a bioweapon, it's not safe, blah, blah, I would say that carries a pretty good bit of weight because this guy's already he's already um, – He's already bent towards vaccines. He thinks, in some measure, some vaccines are safe. Now, I don't understand this because I know Dr. McCullough works with uh, uh, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. And Dr. Tenpenny has, has been just very clear, like Kate, there is no vaccine that's ever been proven safe and effective. None. None. Uh, Dr. Kerry Madea had said the same thing. Now, why certain doctors see that they can be okay and some don't, I don't know. We're all at different levels of understanding certain things. Uh, granted, we think a lot from how we've been taught or how we've been indoctrinated. But one thing I can applaud Dr. McCullough about is him being pro-vaccine. Does it make me stop listening to him when he talks about these COVID injections and what they're doing, and how dangerous they are. In fact, it makes me perk up my ears a little more because he's pro-vaccine. Okay? And he's referring to this as a bioweapon. Yeah. The the interesting thing to me is, you know, Bradley and I kind of have been tag-teaming this for over a year now, and that's what we were talking about. The whole idea for pushing all of this was not just a totalitarian means and the crushing of the economy and all this other stuff. It was to get a needle in your arm. That's what it was about. And he, got, he, he hit it right on the head. It was to get a needle in your arm. And you know he talks about what was the driving force. Well, he talks about tracking. He even used the term, and uh, we carry Whitney Webb's uh, you know, reports on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. But it was interesting that he used the term mark. He says they want to mark you. These people have all this investment in these injections. They want to mark you. They want to track you, trace you. I saw a video, um, I don't know, it was last week, I think. And I haven't been able to really, because I don't understand dark web stuff, and I don't understand... I, I. and I didn't have a link where I could really validate it, but there was a guy, and he was showing that he had somehow went in the dark web, he had found a database, and this was in Russia, 
He knew a friend that had gotten the injection, and he could pull up a real-time data on his friend based on that injection, based on whatever the number is of the particular dose he got, that would tell him exactly where he was. I think it told his heart rate and some other stuff that were in there. It was really kind of freaky. Okay? And this was like 3 a.m., and he said, he's at this address, which is his home. He's asleep. It was really freaky. Okay? Now, I know they've told you that stuff's not in there. The tracking ability, all this other stuff, linking up to the Internet and all that. And I know it sounds far out. I I get it. It does. It sounds far out. But you think about where we've come with, quote-unquote, technology and what that's driving toward and what we're being told is coming. Okay? What's driving all of it? Well, there's control, obviously. But the Bible tells us that the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money, the love of it. This is why when you read uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, is why you read in, Tim- in Titus chapter 1, that uh, bishops or elders in the, in the church are not to be those who love filthy lucre or filthy money, dirty money. Okay, That's how it's put. So what's going on? Well, there's a big investment. I've played for you Bill Gates telling you there was a 20-to-1 return on investment on quote-unquote vaccines. And he had put in $10 billion, his foundation put in $10 billion. Now, where did they get that money? He didn't get it from you know Microsoft. He didn't get it from whatever else he's had his hand in. He got it from the people who were extorted by their governments, and their governments gave Gabby all kinds of money. And they're using that money to pump it into vaccines that nobody wants. This is why they're having to do some of the ridiculous things that they're doing to get people to take jabs. They're going to appeal to some people who want a donut. Yep, you're right. Somebody said that in there. Somebody wants a donut. I, I told you the the story of the, um, what's his name, Larry Flint, his strip bar or whatever, giving away $5,000 worth of all kinds of quote-unquote goodies uh, to patrons who come in and and get the genocide jab there in their establishment. I guess they're not expecting to be around to to cash in on that that $5,000 worth of stuff they're giving away. I told you we had over here in Charlotte, they want to give you shots for shots. They'll give you an adult beverage if you'll come in and get their shot. And it's all about the money. It's all about the money. To use uh, Ilhan Omar's infamous tweet now, it's all about the Benjamins. That's what's going on here. How do I know that? Well, we had a report come out yesterday. Nine new big pharma billionaires were created out of the coronavirus scamdemic. While everybody else is going down the tubes because they weren't allowed to work, open their business, blah, 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 blah. Those in big pharma are becoming billionaires. And this comes by way of uh, Nolan Barton at Natural News. He's going to give us a list of some of these things. He says, campaigners from the People's Vaccine Alliance, whose members include Global Justice Now, Oxfam, and UNAIDS, have analyzed Forbes' rich list data to highlight the massive wealth being generated for a handful of people from vaccines which were largely publicly funded. 
That's right. Again, you were extorted. People around the world were extorted by their governments, and the governments took the money. And I'm just going to tell you, it doesn't matter what country you're in, it's more than likely illegal. It's illegal to take your money in the first place. Government has no um, claim on the fruits of your labor. Okay? Guys, they didn't even have a claim on it in the Old Testament. There was a tithe, yes. It was to go into the church. It was to go to the priest. And at times, that was used even to help the poor. But you didn't go to jail if you didn't pay the tithe. God just said, I'm not going to bless you. But if you give the tithe, if you trust me, then I'll bless you more than you can fathom. I'll open the windows of heaven. He'll pour out a blessing on you that you, you can't stand. He wants to see that you trust him. So here's what we find from the report. Moderna CEO Stefan Bansels topped the list and is now worth $4.3 billion after his company became the second to be granted emergency use authorization of the U.S. for its COVID-19 vaccine in December last year. CEO and co-founder of Bio, BioNTech, Uger Sion, is not far behind with a wealth of $4 billion following its collaboration on a vaccine with Pfizer. Other Moderna executives have also profited with immunologist and early investor Timothy Springer, now worth $2.2 billion, Chairman Nuber Afian, $1.9 billion, and scientist and founding investor Robert Langer, $1.6 billion. Senior executives from Cansino Biologics have also become billionaires over the last year with the Chinese firm's co-founder and chief scientific officer, Zhu Tao, now worth $1.3 billion. Co-founder and senior vice president, oh man, these guys' names, Kia Dongzhu, worth $1.2 billion, and co-founder and senior vice president, Mao Hunhao, I um, I know I'm probably slaughtering their names. One billion dollars. So, come down. There's another guy, Rovi Chairman Juan Lopez Belamonte, also made the list with 1.8 billion. Spanish contract drug maker Rovi makes bottles for Moderna's vaccine, and last month reached a new deal to start making its active ingredients. Isn't that nice? Now bottle makers are going to make the active ingredients for the uh, for the jabs. The industry's nine new billionaires have a combined worth of $19.3 billion. The average vaccine costing $19 and uh, 775,710, excuse me, 775,710,612 people living in low-income countries, according to UN data, that amount of money would be enough to vaccinate every person 1.3 times. You know, and there's some other lists of different things, money that people are raking in over this scandemic. All right? Billions and billions and billions of dollars, and I have a question for each one of them who are accumulating all this wealth. What good is it to gain the whole world and lose your own soul? What good is it to have every creature comfort, everything you could desire, all the money that you could never spend, 
and yet you lose your own soul. I, I would say that is the thing to derive out of this. What's the worth of your soul, America? World? What is your soul worth? Is it worth a donut? Is it worth a few dances at the strip bar? Is it worth a shot of bourbon? Is it worth whatever they're handing out to you to take it, to take the shot? You say, well, they're not necessarily the same thing, taking the shot and selling your soul. They're pretty close. It is a sellout. There's no question about that. Some people do it out of ignorance. Uh, by the way, that's an, that's an interesting one, too. There are those who say, oh, I've done my research, right? Done my research, and I'm, I've gotten the jab. I'm going to be okay. Some of them have come in here and done that. Let me tell you something. If you say you did your research before you got the injection, just remember, these are still trials. You're the research. Your adverse effects go into the log. Your death goes into the log. Or if you got a placebo, nothing. But make no mistake about it. The people are the lab rats here. The people are like, and I'm telling you right now, there's no way they're giving informed consent here. There's no way. People are not going in to get the COVID experimental jabs and being told all of the adverse effects, the hundreds of adverse effects, including death, that can result from taking that shot. They're not, they're just not being told that. And isn't this just what the devil does? Does he not deceive? Does he not make something look like it's good and it's helpful? He doesn't come to you and say, oh, this is poison. This will ruin your life. No, it's always presented as something that's good. Remember Eve? God told her, don't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Right? What does the Bible say? She saw that it was good for food. She saw that it was good for food, and she partook, and she gave some to her husband, and her husband knew better. He was not deceived. She was. He was not. And he just said, well, if you had got it, dear, I guess I'll eat it too. Same thing's going on here. And people fall into this pressure because somebody else is doing it, or they're told a whole bunch of other people are doing it when we're telling you they're really not. And I tell you, America, open up your eyes and see the lies that's being told. It just may cost you your life. Right? Guys, Bradley will be with you 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. We'll talk to you at 6 a.m. tomorrow with Lynn Taylor, Comcore Diva, Lord willing. See ya. <laughs>